on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. I think a really good question to always ask is what type of company are you trying to grow? Tips for growing a business of any size at any point from an organization whose purpose is to help businesses succeed. Enhancing connections and encouraging inclusion is the topic of a national week-long initiative. And in our business profile, we'll hear about an Iowa-based grocery chain and its renewed commitment to rural communities. This is the Iowa Business Report for the second weekend of September 2022. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Create and Cultivate is a national media company providing content and community for budding female entrepreneurs. They have a list of five tips to help grow a business regardless of its size or ownership. Allison Finney is Senior Director of Content at Create and Cultivate. She shared the tips with me. The first is to know your target. Some of these, by the way, seem very elemental, but I know from my experience, and I'm sure you have the same uh, set of stories, where some of these things were so elemental that people just bypassed them or they thought that they knew it. So let's talk about the target and how important that is, first of all. So knowing your target and really being an expert and who you're selling to is key. Knowing who your customer is, what they like, and making sure that you're really grabbing data about them so that you can deliver products that just make them happy and that make them repeat customers is really vital. I think understanding the life cycle of what your customer is is also incredibly important. So if you're a longstanding business, knowing who your client was maybe a year or two or three or four or five ago, they've probably evolved their needs. And so making sure that you're really evolving your business with their business to make sure that you're able to sort of meet them where they are or your product to meet them where they are is very important. It's especially important because everyone has a shortage of time, right? I don't know anyone who says, I've got too much time on my hands. And so if you can get right to it and figure out, first of all, if it's a good match, But that requires the homework on the front side. It just leads to a better connection. But again, it might lead to time that otherwise would be wasted becoming more productive. Absolutely. And, you know, I think as we get more and more digital tools, it becomes easier to really kind of understand and pressure test what you're doing and if it's working and if it's really resonating with your customer set. And I just actually read a piece today about an entrepreneur who utilizes a community feedback system to really innovate and move her product and her service forward because she sort of started out private tutoring. And then she saw that there was a real need to move into a more standardized and sort of of regulated homeschooling space for people. And so it's really kind of recognizing when and where you need to take your community's feedback seriously. And then to your point, you're not necessarily spinning your wheels because you know you're delivering. So knowing the target is a fundamental first tip. Being strategic about marketing and PR is obviously very important, but unfortunately there are many businesses who when they look at their fixed costs and dollars are tight, They pull away from marketing or they pull away from, and marketing and PR are two very different things, obviously, paid versus earned media, but they pull dollars away and it's actually at the very time they should expend more dollars. But broadly, let's talk about having a plan and being strategic about this. 
being really thoughtful in how you're marketing your product or your service and knowing who your customer target is, is really, really important. I think that we're really lucky. I keep saying digital and I, maybe it's because I have a very digital first background, but it really has given us a lot of amazing tools to do marketing and to do PR in ways that we didn't necessarily have. So for somebody who is looking to do social marketing, but doesn't necessarily have the tools to hire a graphic designer, a tool like Canva is an incredibly powerful tool to put together social media assets. And there really are just fantastic templates and things like that. For somebody who is really looking to amplify their message and get themselves out there is really a figurehead who can get earned media, who's somebody who in the community is looked at as a real thought leader, can go on LinkedIn and sort of start their presence there and start marketing themselves as a thought opinion leader. It costs zero dollars to post an opinion on LinkedIn that gets thousands if not even more views. So I think that really kind of utilizing the tools available and kind of identifying what your goal is and then researching what can help you get there with just the amazing access we have now to digital tools is easier than ever, but it's also, it can be hard to know where to focus your resources. And so I do really advise strategically looking at goals and kind of working from there. When we want to get a business off the ground, we need a certain amount of capital. When we want to take it to the next level, we need a certain amount of capital, but not all capital is the same. So talk about the tip of raising the right type of capital for a business. It's always the big question, you know, do I bootstrap or do I raise? And I think that you kind of have to know your comfortability with that and kind of where you want to take your business. I think a really good question to always ask is what type of company are you trying to grow? How do you want to evolve it? And really determining how you raise money and where you get it from kind of helps to inform the answers to some of these questions. We have a lot of resources about this on Create and Cultivate via our website and social. So it's definitely something to look at more. And I'll just go ahead and plug that we have a small business summit coming up in October in New York City. And these are the exact kinds of questions that we're going through and that we talk about with our panelists, our mentors, our workshop session leaders. These are the questions that people ask us at these events. And we really deliver with experts on who can help you figure out where to go. Because as you say, it depends on what the plan is and what you're giving up to get that capital. And it is a comfort level for every individual, along with whether they do it alone, how many partners do they have, what's the setup, et cetera. All right, investing in game changers. Let's define, first of all, what you mean by game changers and then why it is important to appropriately invest in them. Making sure that you're spending money on the right things, the tools that you actually need, the platforms that are going to create efficiency. I'm someone who forever and ever will recommend Airtable because I think that it helps organizations stay a lot more organized than even something like just a regular Excel spreadsheet would because it's really dynamic and searchable. So I think investing in the right tools, even though you maybe have ones that could get you by, I think another thing is just really investing in your talent. You know, if you have an employee or you're looking at hiring an employee who is maybe above budget or or is like right at the line and you're trying to get them, making the investment can really pay off rather than, you know, getting one or two people who may be able to do the job or not, but having a real superstar and investing in them is, is really worth it. And I think there are other things that you can really just determine the cost benefit analysis. But in times like we're in now where the economy is a bit precarious, 
business, looking at your business and sort of seeing what is worth keeping and what what you think you can go with a free solution on. Finally, it's networking, it's making connections, and these are some very important ways to help grow a business. I think that making sure that you're in the right places to network, whether it's attending corporate conferences like those that create and cultivate events, or you know, making sure to go to that industry event that's in your hometown, or like having your company invest in sending you to a summit or a panel discussion or something like that that touches on a really key topic can be invaluable for your career, not only because you get information, but also because you meet people who are in the same spot that you are today and people who were there five years ago and then people who really show you the growth that you've had too. So I think it's just a really lovely moment to be able to assess your community and feel supported in your community. There are amazing statistics about women who feel supported and what their businesses achieve and how they grow compared to women who don't feel supported in their businesses. And it's clear to us that community is key and it's why we keep it at the center of everything that we do. Allison Finney of Create and Cultivate online at createcultivate.com. We spoke via Zoom on Friday, September 2nd. Still to come, a week of inclusion. And we'll revisit an Iowa-based multi-state company on its efforts to support rural communities. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. With the return of college football, don't miss the story behind gridiron legends Jack Trice and Duke Slater in our September-October issue. Read the story of their incredible legacies and why their alma mater is Iowa State and Iowa Play their football games on fields named after them. Add our story to your tailgate and get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Hy-Vee, Fairway, and iowahistoryjournal.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Waste Reduction Center, sponsors of upcoming workshops on recycling and community improvement in Tama on September 19th, and Cherokee on September 21st. For information or to register, go to IWRC.org. It's called Welcoming Week, a national initiative running from September 9th through the 18th that encourages local support and efforts to engage new Americans and create inclusive and welcoming communities. Through Welcoming Week, organizations and communities bring together immigrants, refugees, and longtime residents to build strong connections and affirm the importance of welcoming and inclusive places in achieving collective prosperity. That from the group's website, welcomingamerica.org. This is the 10th year of the event, which this year carries the theme of Where We Belong. The group promotes seven broad welcoming standards, government and community leadership, education, civic engagement, safe communities, connected communities, equitable access, and economic development. Again, for more information, go to welcomingamerica.org. Coming up, a familiar Iowa brand is showing up in some new areas. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Make plans to attend the annual Camp Courageous Pancake Breakfast and Open House Sunday, September 25th from 8 a.m. until noon at the Camp Courageous Main Lodge. 
Then stay for the dedication of the new Masek Papke Multipurpose Field at 12.15 p.m. at the Pictured Rocks Edition to Camp Courageous. Enjoy pancakes and pork sausage and tour this unique facility. See you for the Pancake Breakfast and Open House Sunday, September 25th at Camp Courageous near Monticello, Iowa. CampCourageous.org Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the annual competitive dashboard report by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. In our business profile, we'll reintroduce you to Fairway Stores. Last year, we spoke with fourth-generation CEO Reynolds Kramer. This week, a conversation I had with the company's president, Garrett Picklap, with special focus on their new efforts to help revitalize Iowa's rural areas. Proud to be with a company that represents a lot of different values near and dear to my heart. We're a fourth-generation family. a fourth-generation family-owned company originated in Iowa. We have blossomed over the last 84 years to approximately 13,000 employees in seven different states, uh, but we ke- we still keep our roots in Iowa. We've got about a million, 1.3 million square feet of roof under Boone, which is our corporate campus, and we distribute out of that campus. So very involved in Iowa in our seven different states that we're in. We're still a family-owned company, and we still keep those values from 1938 to today, and I'm, and I'm very, very proud of that. I grew up in a town of 2300, and there was a fairway store, and it's outlasted everybody else who's come along before or since, but it's adjacent to a town of 3,000, so you've got a trade area of, let's say, 6,000 people. What's the standard population size that you look for in order to make it worthwhile? And I understand there are other variables, such as competition and closeness to other major areas, but when you're putting dots on a map, is there some number you typically look at broadly? What I love about Fairway is that we've got a number of different models depending on the specific market, and we've gone into just what you mentioned, towns of approximately 2,000 people. We're currently building a store in a town that's sub-2,000 people, and we compete in communities and cities like Omaha where there's a million-plus people. And we've got models for everything in between, whether we can take down four acres of farm ground or whether we have an acre at Maine and Maine, whether the population is 1,900 or whether the population is 150,000. We feel like we've got a model that can serve that community because our model isn't just about putting dots on a paper, but it's also about proximity to the nearest fairway and is it within our distribution circle. And we look at specific market forces of whether it's growth and traffic patterns and school districts and comprehensive plans. And it's kind of a totality of circumstances test. And we feel like if the market can check enough boxes, we feel like we've got a model that works. Recently, you've been focusing on smaller areas, and this has to do with the Iowa Economic Development Authority also getting involved. Places like Colfax, you're going to open just down the road from Boone and Ogden. That I could understand because, again, it's within the the shadow of the main headquarters. Talk about this project, why it's important for Fairway, and how this all works out in terms of a public-private partnership. 
Great question. We think a lot of what IEDEA is doing, Debbie Durham and Jim Thompson are super incredible to work with. And we've put together a partnership, to your point, that we think works that helps provide a foundation of stability within these small markets, and that's a grocery store. And we think we can operate in these communities with a model that works. And you've got communities like a Colfax or a Rockwell City or an Ogden that have been given the tools by the state of Iowa, whether it's through TIF or whether it's through these catalyst grants through the state. And you've got an investment by Fairway and a model by Fairway. And then you've got other tools, local incentive tools, where we think we can build a package to build a grocery store that can be a foundation of stability for these communities. And to your point earlier, we've operated in these size of communities for a long, long time. We've been in a community comes to the top of my head that's approximately 2,000 people, just over 2,000 people that we've been operating in since the 1980s, and we've done well. And that really is so important for any community, but certainly as I'm having this conversation with you, I'm thinking about our rural areas. There are certain fundamental businesses or entities, if you will, that they need. They need a good grocery store, post office, school district, or at least a building. That's very helpful. These are all things that are mightily important, but it's hard for a small company to make a go of it, or certainly a mom-and-pop operation these days. This is an opportunity for you to really help revitalize these areas while at the same time sticking to your business model and, and to the goals you've set. Yeah, Jeff, I think you nailed it. I think we've shown that we can go into these communities with a successful model, and we've shown through how we get involved in the community and how the community supports us that it could be a win-win. And you've also named some influences that are different today than what were around 10, 15, 20 years ago, whether it's supply chain challenges or competing against some of the bigger companies in your big box stores. And those are hard things to do, but we feel like we can go into these communities. And we also offer 14 to 17-year-olds first-time employment, 14, 15-year-olds first-time employment that we also think is vitally important in these size communities. We give the area residents additional employment opportunities, part-time and full-time, to have a great career at Fairway. And all of these things provide a recipe for success for us to go into these communities and win. It may be too soon to gauge true success, but if the idea is to work with local officials, state officials, to put a Fairway store in a city as a foundation... Is it too soon to tell whether or not this has really taken off? In other words, you've built your store and then you have already seen others who are attracted to it by virtue of your magnet? I don't think it's too soon to know whether we're going to be successful on these projects. I do think that these projects are going to continue to get more complicated, though, and what comes to mind is inflation. The cost of these projects today is different than what the cost of these projects were a year ago and two years ago and three years ago, and it's important for the state of Iowa or our surrounding states to continue to give these local communities the tools to go out and recruit capital investment for these foundational businesses like a grocery store because those tools are necessary for these projects to happen. But assuming all things remain equal, which I think the last couple of years have taught us is not going to be the case, we feel really good about the longevity of these projects. When I think of stores, 
companies that start in smaller towns. Often what happens is they get to a certain size and they say, well, we need to move. We need to move to a larger metropolitan area. And there's nothing wrong with that model. But it seems that Fairway Store said we were born in Boone, and rather than move somewhere else and grow as a company there, you're growing Boone. That tells me you have a real fondness for these areas of Iowa that you're now putting these stores in that is more than just numbers on a balance sheet, if you will. Yeah, it's a really awesome comment. I, I appreciate that. I, I was born and raised in Boone. I left for a number of years and then joined Fairway almost 15 years ago, and I was happy to come back to the area. And I can tell you that our relationships in this area are deeply rooted, to your point. The city of Boone is a really good partner of ours. We've got Ames Economic Development Corporation, who's a great partner of ours. And the corridor that's occurring in building between Ames and Boone, Boone and Story County, if you will, provides a much-needed support for a company our size. And there are lots of companies in this corridor that are doing well. So they respond, the city responds when we need help with whether it's public infrastructure or we've got questions about a project or we're trying to build quality of life projects in the area. And the same holds true for the Ames Economic Development Corporation. And that makes the project that you and I talked about and staying around the area super important. We've also, as a company, understood that to recruit and retain great talent. We need to be flexible in certain areas within departments at the office on when they come to Boone or when they're expected to come to Boone or how we connect with them in order to keep them, but to be sure that we maintain true to our culture too. Garrett Picklap, president of Fairway Stores based in Boone, online at fairway.com. We spoke on Tuesday, September 6th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small and medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.